But Jesus sends out 72 people. And I hope that it'll be encouraging. I hope that uh, you will be inspired, you will be encouraged to know that uh, when Jesus works with us, he never actually says, I'm relying on you. He's always saying, rely on me and let me use you. And Jesus, was, this was pretty, you know, not very far into Jesus' public ministry. Jesus didn't spend very long on his own. He didn't spend very long doing solo efforts. He was obviously healing the sick and he was doing some r- remarkable teaching, but he wasn't doing it all um, in a very solo kind of way. He wasn't just um, performing. What he was doing was coming close to people to inspire them, to encourage them, to equip them, and to begin to say to them, there is actually more available to you than you've ever imagined. And he was going to show them that. And so he'd sent out 12 earlier on, and they came back, and they saw that God worked through them, and they saw people healed through them, and they were amazed. And it was probably a little messy. And it's not long after that, he sends out 72 He's working in Capernaum, in Nazareth, which is further... I can't remember how far away it is from Capernaum. Um, Chorazin, Bethsaida, Bethesda, they're all around uh, Galilee region. Not long to walk between them. I spent a day or two there, and it's it's amazing. Um, Maybe I'll flip to the bad news first, which is... and get it over with. I mean, you know, he... Jesus sent these guys out and they came back and they said, uh, it's incredible what you told us happened. We saw people healed. And he says, you know, that, that he said, woe to you, Chorazin and Bethsaida, because uh, you didn't recognize the day of the kingdom coming to you. In other words, when I was there. And I've said this before, one of the most dramatic moments of my time in Israel was standing in Chorazin which is vol- it's black volcanic rock and it's black volcanic ruins. You just, it's, it's not much to see. It's not far from Capernaum. You can see Capernaum. And it's just a ruin. And all three places that Jesus said, woe to you, are ruins. Capernaum's a ruin, Bethsaida's a ruin, and Chorazin is a ruin. On the most beautiful stretch of shore in Galilee, And just around the corner uh, is Tiberias, which is a holiday resort uh, founded by the king, uh, Tiberius, probably 15 years earlier. And what Jesus was saying was, pay attention. There's some of us sitting here today, and God's continually reaching out to you. And now is the time. I'm not talking about converting you. I'm just saying now is the time. He's saying I'm here. And you always think it's tomorrow or you always think it's yesterday. And so you never get into the moment where he's actually there. And today is a moment. And I can look through this and every one of you will probably think I'm staring at you. Well, I am. And I'm staring at me. Today is a moment of encounter with the living God. And what the encouraging thing is, is he sent out 72 people. He sent them out in twos into the villages and towns. And he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What does that mean? He said, well, there are lots of people, like that video we saw, there are lots of people who need to be invited in. There are lots of people struggling. 
But there are not many people who are willing to go and say, I think we've got some help. I've got some help. Let me tell you my story and see what happens. You don't have to tell people what to do. Just share your life. See, the problem with what I'm talking about this morning is it's so simple. It's so accessible. It's so easy. All it depends upon is passion. How did he send them out? He said, I'm reading out of Luke 10. He, sent them, he said, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Why would you send lambs out among wolves? What do wolves do? Wolves don't pet lambs. They go and say, pretty lamb. Sweet. They eat lambs. He said, I'm sending you out and that you are going to appear like a lamb before a wolf. You're going to look really vulnerable. You're going to look really innocent. You're going to look really weak. When would you send a lamb out among wolves? When next to the lamb is a lion. See, Jesus didn't send them out alone. He said, I'm sending you out like as lambs among wolves. But the wolves are in for the shock of their lives. But I don't want you to frighten them. I don't want you to threaten them. I don't want you to abuse them. So I'm going to place you in a weaker level so you can go right in among them. Now a lamb is not going to go in among wolves if it doesn't know the lion. No self-respecting lamb would walk into a bunch of wolves without a, a, quite a measure of security and ego that you go, how on earth are you thinking you're going to get away with this? Many of us are very self-conscious. Many of us are obsessed with what we are not. I'm not this, I'm not that, I haven't got an education, I haven't got this, I can't speak really well. If you look through the Bible, most people who God ever touched gave him the long list of what they can't do. I'm not good enough, not rich enough, I'm not educated enough, not pretty enough, or whatever. It's never right now is the time. It's always when he's died or she's died or when the kids have left home or when this has happened or that's happened, when I built my third house. Whatever it is, there's always a reason for not now. And God is speaking to us as a church and as individuals like now is now. Right now. Now. Now in the Greek means now. It means not tomorrow, but today. Present now. And what does God want every lamb to know right now? He goes, right now I want you to know that um, I am with you. And that you're only going to be all the things that you desire in your life, you're only going to find with me. And some of us have got some quite hairy uh, life experience. Some of us have got long stories of how we try to be the lamb with, or maybe we try to be the run with wolves. 
But we've got some stories to tell. And some people who are younger than us who are trying to go down the same road as us need to hear our stories, not to see how stupid we were, although we can confess that, but to go, you don't have to take that long to wake up. You don't have to go through what I went through in order to come to the revelation that life on my own is not what it's meant to be. I can't do it on my own. And so Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. There are lots of people who are screwed up and messed up, including the lambs are going out, by the way. But I want you to go out and, and share the kingdom of God with them. Don't wait until you're ready. Think of the 72. They're probably fishermen, workers. They come from the region. They haven't had lots of training. They've hung out with Jesus. They've seen him do a few things. They've been amazed. They've been touched by Jesus' character, his personality. Jesus has been like a lamb to them and that he's going, Whoa, I am God. He's actually been French, friend, friendly to them. He's been non-threatening to them. He's been encouraging to them. And they've grabbed something in him that's amazed them, touched their lives, saying, I want to be with you. I don't even know how to put it into words. He says it's the kingdom of God. Now, it was the third century after Jesus was resurrected that the church got really complicated. What is the Trinity? God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How many times should you be baptized? And all this stuff got really complicated. But when Jesus sent out those 72, he said really simply, God is God, he's alive, and he's here. And where he is present, he heals sickness and he overcomes darkness. That's it. So go to the towns and share. Shoot. It's so simple I haven't got an excuse. No, the only excuse is a heart that doesn't want to do it. Okay. So am I going to spend the next 20 minutes beating you up for a heart that doesn't want to do it? Not at all. Part of the delight that God has is touching hearts. You see, he had grabbed those guys' hearts enough to say, let's go out and do something and you'll see something happen. I want to include you in this. And one of the reasons so many people are struggling with their Christian lives is because you spend all your time trying to get perfect or trying to get everything together. It's exhausting. It's easier to get your life together as you're doing something else. Don't you find that? It's easier to get things together when you're not self-absorbed. You can try and give up something. We were talking about this at I Am Second. You can try and give up something, or you can try and take hold of something. It's much easier to give up something if you're taking hold of something better. You'll still have to wrestle with the giving up, but it, it'll, it'll soften the blow. If you're focusing on what you're trying to resist, good luck. Relapse, relapse, relapse. Nothing stays a vacuum. Something has to fill it. So Jesus hasn't spoken about the cross. They don't know about the cross. They don't know about dying for sins. They don't know about the Holy Spirit. He just sends them out saying, the kingdom is present because I've placed the kingdom on you and you're going in my name. And you can work, we'll work out the stuff later. At this point, there are people drowning and they need help. 
And so he says, go into, uh, don't take anything with you. Don't take a purse or a bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road, probably because he knows that they could quite easily get talked out of what they're doing. And he says, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. And if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking wherever you go, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. And when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there. I mean, it's just very matter of fact. Stay in one house, uh, eat, what, eat what you're given, and heal the sick. And you've got to, what do you mean? I, c- I can do that staying in one house and eating what they give me. Heal the sick? And he doesn't bat an eyelid. He just carries on. Hmm. Seems to be his expectation is much, much greater than mine. And then he says, uh, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. How do you know the kingdom of God has come near? He's impacted my life. He's just healed you. Most people don't come to church because nothing happens. We just help each other suffer. And we're a bumper sticker. Jesus loves you. Cool. My life's miserable. And so God is wanting us to discover that we can find life in the midst of circumstances that are a struggle and not live in struggle. But it begins with meeting Jesus. You cannot go out and share Jesus with somebody if he's not come in to share with you. You see, what he said to them was this. He said, I want you to go into the towns and stand on a street corner and say, Repent, repent, repent. The kingdom of God is here. He didn't say that, did he? It's what some people do these days in the name of Jesus. Scare everybody and judge everybody. Point fingers at everybody. And somebody says, who on earth wants what you've got? You're objectionable. You've got anger issues. I thought that about the new leader of NDP, by the way. I read a little sort of summary of his style of politics. And I thought, boy, you have issues. Come and see me. You know, he likes a fight. Everything's a fight. Well, somebody like that's usually got issues. Probably his father. Anyway, we won't go there. But Jesus said, give them your peace. If, do you have peace? If you don't have peace, you've got nothing to give. If you don't have peace, you've got nothing to give. So what he did was he had modeled to them what he was asking them to do. Jesus had come among them. He had eaten what they had shared with him. He had been a friend to them. He had talked to them and declared to them the kingdom of God. And when they were accepting of that, he said, now I can send you out because you have some of my heart in you. And I want to ask you right now, um, how open is your heart to Jesus? And some of us, you know, sometimes we need to do this again and again. Just say, Jesus, uh, I, I need you to, to, to come into my heart or, or touch my heart again. So every now and again, I dust off an old song. And so I'm going to dust off an old song and sing it to you while you think about that. Because I wrote this song while I was thinking about this. I, it was terrible. It's it 30 years ago. <clears throat> um, and I forgot it for a long time. But I just wanted to use it as like a meditation as we're talking about sending people out. And that is, 
Jesus, the first place he wants to, he doesn't want us to do anything for him. He wants to do stuff through us. And so he comes to us and he says, can I live in you? And how's it going? Ainsley just said he's got a new place to stay. He's staying with Chris. Good deal. Jesus is looking at you and saying, I'm, I, I'd love to live with you. And there's a song about that. <clears throat> Wake up, little child. Your father is here. And he stands alone at your door. He's knocking. Will you let him come in? Or shut him out once more? Yes, he knows your thoughts and your heart and your mind. But he loves you. Just the same Even though you reject him And you try and disown him You don't really know His name Wake up young man For your father is here And he stands alone at your door He's knocking Will you let him come in or shut him out once more He has gifts and treasures Beyond measure And there's so much more in store And he longs to give you Much joy and pleasure You're the child he adores Wake up, please listen Your father is here and he stands alone at your door He's knocking Will you let him come in Or shut him out once more He has blood on his hands And thorns on his head And I think there are tears in his eyes He's all battered and bruised Like he's come from the dead And he waits Your reply and he waits your reply He has blood on his hands and thorns on his head And I think there are tears in his eyes He's all battered and bruised like he's come from the dead And he waits as he waits your reply Oh, he waits and he waits for your reply and he waits your reply and that's just a song about the presence of God where right now he's uh, he's saying can I come in Just, I just want to carry on for a minute. Um, he's really saying, can I come in? Now, he might be in. It's, I'm not trying, this is not a heavy-duty thing at all. It's merely just the presence of a moment where you say, Jesus, I need help. I need you to come deeper in. I've got really familiar with you. I've locked you actually in the front closet. I keep on saying, yes, I believe in you. But you don't really have a lot of room in my life. And you don't have a lot of room in my house. And I don't have a lot of passion with you, actually. 
And the reason I don't have a lot of passion is because I don't let you in very much. I'm keeping my social life here and I'm keeping my work life here. And you can stay here and I, I, I'll take you out on Sundays. And he's just saying, let me, don't be afraid. Let me come in at a deeper way. And you'll come alive. You'll come alive. Because so much of the time you're telling me your problems. And I'm saying I'm here to help you. And you just tell me your problems. And so Jesus had captivated these guys. And uh, I've got to get moving here. because um, he, He's captivated these guys. But, and he sent them out. And he said, go and heal. Go and, and, and share the kingdom with what you have. And he went out, and I, I've got all these visual aids today because I just thought it, I wanted this to stick. Uh, this is how you feel, right? I'm nothing. I'm just a bit of material with some eyes on it, and I just hang around. And he said, go out into a whole world of people who feel like this. I can't do it. Okay, I've got some more visual aids. can't do it. What's this? I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Until Jesus says, I know. We agree on that. What are these for? They are complete and fulfilled when other things are at work in them. You're the same. So you've met this guy before. When life comes into this little fellow, he begins to take on a different kind of person, right? He was created to have life inside him. I used to put sponges in him and talk about, you know, talk about what he does. And uh, Do you want to clip his legs on? Because it sort of feels strange, him sort of hanging on there. Put, put your arms around me, Cheryl. So, so he, he, he grew up in Piccadilly Circus in London. And I picked him up there in 1980. What are you doing? You're just taking, you, you, fooling around now. Thank you. And Jesus sent his disciples out like this. He said, as I live in you, as I'm in you, you can touch people and heal them. And they go, well, we feel like this as well. So he says, I know that. If I had a box here and I had the one end hidden in a box and I said, touch the other end, how many of you would go, I'm not sure I'm going to touch that. Why? Because you know that this is meant to be connected to power. Have you ever seen power in a battery? A battery is a box. And you clip these things onto the battery. You can hold one. There you go. Thank you. You clip that on to the battery. And you clip this on to something that needs power. Right? So you can you know, clip this onto this guy here. not getting a shock, nor am I. Why? Because it's powerless. It's clipped onto nothing. Watch. It's a heresy. Clipping him onto the Bible. The Bible's the Word of God. The power of God. Nothing. 
Why? Because the Bible without human, human life is nothing. God gave human beings the privilege of being empowered by him to make a difference in the world. Don't throw a Bible at somebody. Throw your life at them. Let them read your life. Then they'll read the Bible. And while you're thinking of everybody else who's not doing it like they should, think of yourself and shut up. Stop judging other people. God is wanting to jumpstart a lot of people. And if you get the, if you clue in to the fact that these things are created to be plugged into batteries, and you clue in that I'm created to be plugged into Jesus, the power surge will come. But the power surge won't come if you never say yes to Him, and then you never let Him use you. This thing can never know it's used until it's plugged into another source, right, that needs help. This can never, this can never be used until it knows an arm that's inside it. And Jesus sent his disciples out into villages and he said, go and heal the sick. Go and set the prisoners free. And he says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Rejoice that your, your name is written in the book of life. That's all God wants for you and for me, to be people who jumpstart other people into life because of the power that's in us not because it starts with us, but because we're hooked up to Jesus. He wants us to look like this in the world, not like this, with a Bible under your arm. You can tell the difference. And one John, he says uh, something, and I'm finishing with this, because do you, do you see how easy it is? It's just about who lives in you. And then when he lives in you, he just let him out. How do you let him out? You just let him show you how he lives in you. You talk to other people and you, you walk alongside other people and somebody's struggling. You say, I just can ask Jesus to help you. Jesus is in your name. I just pray help. And you jump start them. You touch them. You go, well, well nothing's in me. He says, how do you know? You want to jump start? Jesus, I pour, pray you pour out your spirit in these two. Fill them up with your love and a presence. I didn't feel anything. But I'm not joking. You watch. God can use you. Stop fixating on what you're not and start saying, here I am, let's go. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. Don't wait. Don't wait until you've got it all worked out. It'll work out. Just let Jesus be your friend. Stay, keep in company with people and believe that his power is in you because he lives in you. Where he is, there is power. And you can be a lamb among wolves and you will kill the wolves. Let's stand.